Hello and welcome to the Next Gen 15 podcast. I'm Angus Savage from Next Gen 15. And as you will see if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm not alongside Dan Richards, my usual co-host. And if you're listening on Acast, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you will soon hear that I'm not about to introduce him. Uh, Dan is unfortunately unwell this week. Uh, So we're going to go ahead with this one very quickly with me solo before getting back into the swing of things, hopefully at a nice exotic location next week. Uh, But we've got loads and loads to get through. Uh, It's been a really, really exciting few days of uh, of school rugby. And we're back into some really big stuff uh, this this week. It's a massive midweek and then uh, some some cool fixtures at the weekend and three more live streams here on next gen 15 the uh, the content doesn't stop in this uh, this season that is giving us some extraordinary stories already but first of all just a quick uh, bit of housekeeping on how to follow us etc it's at next gen 15 that's at next gen xv on twitter instagram and of course tiktok um, if uh, if you're into that uh, and if you want to get in touch with me, it's at Angus Savage XV, and uh, we'll try and get all of your requests across. Uh, as I said last week, uh, really love getting your thoughts on Instagram, etc., about things that we can we can talk about on the pod. Uh, and you actually gave us some really really great ideas last week um, that we were really hoping to get into, but obviously circumstances dictate that we're probably going to do that at a later date. But just to give you a couple of ideas of things we're going to get into looking at what the best year was for schools rugby um, in terms of sort of across the board, what the standard was like, some of those great highlights, already a personal one that's popping into my head, 2014-15. Remember that epic Wellington College against Millfield, Rosson Park final? That felt pretty good, didn't it? Uh, We're going to look into a bit of um, kind of refereeing and and law differences between... uh, between the men's game and the school game uh, and we're also going to be getting into injuries that was actually a topic we were going to get into in a fairly big way this week but uh, we're going to push that to next week and we're also at some point going to be lining up a, uh, a special edition of the podcast where we're going to be speaking to Dr Sam Bark from Return to Play who of course are great friends of us here at Next Gen 15 but I'm going to run through some of the things that um we didn't want to keep waiting until next week because there's been some absolutely great stuff starting with the school's championship game back on Saturday. Uh, Whitgift against Wellington College. Whitgift's second game of the school's championship. Wellington College's first game, their debut, um, both coming off the back of a defeat. Whitgift had gone down to Sedbury in that opening round of the school's championship. Wellington had lost out in a really physical game against Harrow. Um, it ended up being an absolute thriller. Wellington College winning it 29-28. Whitgift came storming back towards it, but it was just sensational stuff. And two tries from Wellington new boy, Tyler Afire, son of Martin, an absolute legend of rugby league, bit of a legend of rugby union as well. And it looks like his son is well on the way to getting there. The combination between him and Rory Taylor was something quite extraordinary. Um, Absolutely fantastic game. Wellington College up and running in the school's championship into second place on points difference behind Sedba. Um, Millfield in fourth just behind Whitgift. Millfield, of course, yet to play their opener. That's on Saturday the 8th of October. So don't miss out on that one. We will, of course, be live streaming it. We're live streaming every single game in the school's championship. Uh, But that was the last of three live streams. I can get my words out. The last of three live streams that we had last weekend. It started on Friday night, Northampton School for Boys against Ipswich. 
an absolutely incredible game. Um, NSB put, put, put themselves into a really strong position, scored an early try, defended really, really well. Um, kept this extraordinary Ipswich side out for ages and ages and ages um, and then a bit of a, a sort of quirky um, quirky outcome uh, I'm trying to choose my words carefully here the NSB ended up down to 14 men owing to uh, an interpretation of the uh, the laws around front row players that meant that when they ran out of front row players they were they were told they needed to drop a player and um, that just gave that little edge for Ipswich. He'd been knocking on the door all day and the door was eventually going to crack. It was just a case of when, but when that door did eventually crack, it it kind of burst open because NSB had had only 14 men, so there was a bit more space on the field. Ipswich come roaring back. I thought they were going to do it on commentary. I'm sure you might have heard me and Will Roberts getting very excited. But uh, NSB hold on for a 24-19 victory against Ipswich. Absolutely fantastic. And I'm so excited that on Friday this week, we're going to see Ipswich in action again up against Denston College, who, remember, just beat NSB in their opener. So it should be another absolute cracker. Can't wait to get that one going. And then, of course, our middle live stream game was uh, Reading Bluecoat against Shiplake College. Saturday morning, 10 a.m., Wilf Kemsley was on the mic, who's going to be joining me, by the way, on Thursday evening on the mic. Uh, for Clifton College against Kirkham Grammar School, so listen out for him. But Reading Bluecoat putting in an absolutely epic performance on Saturday morning for a 34-0 victory. Um, we loved following them last season, so it's going to be great to see them again this year. Um, and just going to run you through a few other quick bits of, uh, of news from the weekend. Uh, Hampton looking really strong Friday night victory against Brighton College. Um, they were brilliant. You know, Hampton have now beaten... Um, Two top schools in quick succession, Seaford College and Brighton College, looking very strong indeed. Um, Clifton College again, brutal, 50-15 against Old Swinford Hospital. Clifton College are going to take some beating this year, let me tell you. They are looking seriously good. Cannot wait to see them in action again on Thursday on the live stream against uh, Kirkham Grammar School, the Ryan Bresnahan Memorial Game. Not to be missed. Thursday night, 7.30. Eton College against St Paul's, 26-0 win for Eton College. Um, winning that derby game fantastically well and another derby game Oakham Phew, this is this is a performance and a half isn't it beating Uppingham their closest and oldest rivals 64-7 in a game that doubled as a schools cup game absolutely epic from Oakham and uh, they certainly have the bragging rights in Rutland uh, Seaford College back on the horse after that defeat to Hampton winning 19-10 against Epsom College uh, they'll be pleased with that one and then I think one of the performances of the weekend, Trinity, 55-10 against Cranley. Um, Cranley perhaps not what they have been in the, the sort of late part of the previous decade, but my goodness, that's a strong start from Trinity, isn't it? Absolutely sensational. They, um, they won the School's Cup last year, and this was their first game of the season. They were late starters this year, and they are looking absolutely fantastic. Uh, elsewhere, just a couple of standout results. Bedford, a 29-all draw with rugby. What a sensational game that must have been. Millfield against Blundells. Millfield going down there, winning 53 points to 24. A dominant victory for Millfield, but what a thriller of a game. Dozens and dozens and dozens of points. Um, absolutely fantastic. A really tight one up in Yorkshire. 21-19 to Bradford Grammar School against Stonyhurst. That's a game that would have been an absolute 
blockbuster of an occasion just a few decades back uh, and certainly looked like a thriller on Saturday. Harrow continue their fantastic form, 40-12 against Dulwich College. RGS Guildford back up that fantastic victory over Epsom College in week one with a superb 38-7 victory over Wimbledon College. Skinner's massive state school derby down in the southeast against John Fisher and Skinner's come out on top 25-7. They were brilliant last year and they are looking very, very good again this year. Uh, and then Stamford beating Stowe last week, but they go to Halebury, or sorry, Halebury visit them on Saturday and Halebury came away with a 30 points to 24 victory. That says an awful lot about Halebury and we are live streaming them tonight hopefully you'll be able to catch this podcast before we start that live stream of Halebury against Blundells up at Saracen's Stoneck Stadium should be an absolute cracker but perhaps performance of the weekend the Judd Kent State School travelling over to the big independent school in Kent Tunbridge you know remember Tunbridge three years in a row unbeaten back in the mid 2000s but the Judd go there and they grab a 21-8 victory. Absolutely fantastic stuff. But we're not going to get too deep into, into all the results and stuff because we're going to have a look at the top five school teams of the weekend. Now, you may remember last week we went through this. I was talking about how I uh, I used to go unchallenged when I used to make my top five school teams of the weekend. Well, I'm not unchallenged this week either. Dan sent me in his thoughts on who the top five are and we very wildly... Um, but just to give you a flavour of the teams that we're looking at, Barnard Castle, who beat uh, Woodhouse Grove 40-26 back in the, uh, in, on Saturday. Clifton College, of course, with that fantastic victory over Old Swingford Hostel. Halebury, as I just mentioned, that brilliant win uh, at Stamford. Northampton School for Boys edging out. Uh, Ipswich on Friday night the Judd with that sensation result Trinity with that fantastic performance Wellington as I spoke about at the start winning in their school's championship debut other ones to look at Norwich beating St Joseph's College rugby is on the rise in East Anglia and Norwich that's a really good victory up in Scotland Glen Armand College getting the victory against Robert Gordon's College that's one that stands out a little bit and how about Kings Macclesfield beating Queggs Wakefield big big derby two classic schools Kings Macclefield coming out on top and of course who can ignore what Eton are doing we knew they were one to look out for and they've been doing some really really good stuff so who to put in our top five well listen we've had some differences of opinion over this one been difficult to settle on one but uh, we're gonna we're gonna try and work it out confirmed Halebury sensational victory um, at Stamford a really thrilling game but given what Stamford have done against Stowe I think that says a lot about Haleybury and I'm really excited about seeing them tonight another one we're agreed on Northampton School for Boys to beat Ipswich who we know is are an, an exceptional side and so much is expected of them this year we just thought that Northampton School for Boys performance was absolutely brilliant and again cannot wait to see the, the kind of backlash from Ipswich on the uh, on Friday night also agreed on the Judd what a fantastic performance it's always a big result when a when a state school goes over to uh, to the big independent school in the area and, and comes away with the victory it's a makes a real statement um, and we were uh, we were really impressed with that one and then both agreed on Wellington College um, 
a thriller of a game, an exceptionally high level. You know, both of those two teams are are going to be in the mix in the top ten sides in the country this year. Um, and to just be able to hold on, to show the mental spirit to hold on, um, that game changer of a moment with the Rory Taylor interception just before half time. Um, just those little moments from Wellington College really, uh, really stood out, and uh, and that gets them into the top five, which only leaves us with one place left. And there was some fierce debate here. Um, our natural inclination to try and shy away from uh, from shouting out too loudly about about big score lines um, meant there were a few a few teams that we considered and then chopped out, and then there were others where. Yeah, how strong was the opposition relative to what they were doing? Um, this is where I'm going to pull my trump card because Dan's not here. We're going with Trinity in that fifth place. Um, first game of the season, sensational performance. We're going to have to wait to see if that's a sign of where Trinity are this season or where Cranley are this season or whether it was a one-off, just stunning performance. There's a lot to be learned in the... Uh, in the coming weeks and months, but uh, just as a as an opening salvo, absolutely fantastic from Trinity. So our top five school teams of the weekend for round two: Haylebury, Northampton School for Boys, the Judd, Trinity, and Wellington College. Let us know who yours are though at Next Gen Fifteen. Uh, so many teams that could have made it. Um, so do get in touch. Give us your options. There are so many schools that have done some fantastic, fantastic stuff over the weekend. We can't wait to catch up with what they do in the coming weeks. Um, the other big thing we wanted to do today, and we're really gutted we can't thrash this one out together, is uh, the continuation of our school's team of the decade-ish. Um, we're looking at, we're building a team of the best schoolboy players that Dan and I have uh, have seen since kind of 2012 onwards. Um, and the second row this week is just oof, brutally difficult to uh, to choose between the players. But to let you know where we'd got to last week. So last week was the front row where we selected Benno Urbano from Dulwich College, Alfie Barbary from Bloxham and Finn Baxter from Wellington College as our front row. So this week it's the second row, uh, two players to pick and there are some sensational players. But the key thing to point out here is it's all about what they did as schoolboys. We're not interested in their pro career, otherwise we may as well just choose the England team. Um, it's not about what they did necessarily at junior international level, although that comes into it a little bit in terms of just the recognition for what they've been doing at, at school level. This is really about what they did on a school field. Um, and you're going to see why I stress that, because um, while... Both Dan and I have had different opinions on who should be the second row partnership. What we were agreed on was that there were some absolutely sensational players that weren't making it. Um, and I'm sure you can guess who I mean. Uh, but to look at to look at some of the options, um, you know, recently coming out of school, Johnny Green from Seaford College um, played Wales under 20s last year was an absolute superstar for Wales in the uh, under 18 Six Nations Festival I think he's going to go on to tremendous things got other guys like Alex Coles uh, Nick Ezekwe recently Stan South you may remember from Whitgift a few years back 
absolutely sensational. He was around about the same time as Henry Cheeseman and guys like that. Really, really good player. Similar story with Hugh Taylor. Never quite made the grade in the professional ranks, but was an absolute sensation for Old Swainford Hostel. Although he did play in the back row quite a lot as well. Uh, other guys that impressed around that kind of era, John Fisher's Kieran Treadwell. Uh, he was an absolutely brilliant player. More recently, and we're, we're in a real sort of Croydon, Croydon uh, web at the moment, aren't we? George Hammond from Whitgift. Uh, you may have noticed he's been starting recently for Quinns. He was he was absolutely brilliant. Uh, Millfield had uh, Ewan Richards. Um, you know we've seen how rapidly he's risen with Bath over the last twelve months or so. But in what was a quiet-ish Millfield team, certainly in his lower sixth year, uh, Ewan Richards was an absolute sensation. Absolute sensation. Um, Charlie Yule was back in his Bryanston days, uh, right on the edge of of what qualifies for for this uh, this team but Charlie Ewells was was exceptional and then there's some guys that you, you guys have sent in from Instagram that are worth a chat about Harry Brown just last year at uh, at Brighton College um, contracted for Quinns this year as a as an academy player and Harry Brown was was fantastic that little trio of, of Harry Brown Johnny Smith and Charlie Clare at sort of uh, five eight nine was a was a spine of the team to to take real note of and similarly Eddie Erskine at, at Millfield um, w- was absolutely brilliant um, Finn Carnduff as well Leicester Grammar School you know it's small a small school in, in relative terms but he was he was just fantastic almost unplayable at times bit of a throwback as well remember when Tunbridge who we mentioned earlier had had their glory years uh, won the Champions Trophy back in I think 2017 the leading light in that side was second second row Declan Sinclair. Um, he's he's good value for a mention, uh, and also Alex Dombrant, um, who who doesn't make our our selection, um, not because he plays number eight now because he was a second row at school, but because actually as a schoolboy he was he was a decent player, um, but but no more really. He, he you know he was a very good player, but you wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily pick him out. Um, but he was he was a fantastic second row for for John Fisher, but doesn't make the team because it was really at university and then as a pro that that he came to light. But none of those guys are the ones that that make our list. We've kind of ended up narrowing it down to a group of seven players for two for two slots. Um, Chanyamunga from Leighton Park. Um, absolutely brilliant you know he, he's so highly rated incredibly highly rated Joel Kapoku he was an absolutely fantastic player in his uh, in his schoolboy days uh, Alex Moon from Sedba did some wonderful wonderful things he was a dominant force up there in Cumbria Hugh Tizard at Cranley uh, I remember him best for his exploits on the sevens field I thought he was absolutely unbelievable as a sevens player um, you see him now as a as a pro and he's he's doing some brilliant work but it's all in the tight but actually as a sevens player he was a sensation when currently won the, the Rosson part sevens he was absolutely brilliant um, Tom Ellis uh, personal favourite of mine um, one of my first seasons working in school rugby Tom Ellis was dominating for Millfield uh, he was he was such a subtle player when he got the ball in hand if he wanted to be equally, he could be an absolute brute. I, I thought he was a, a sensational player, kind of over, 
I was going to say overrated, what I mean is underrated, kind of underrated in his day and, and possibly still now actually as a pro. But uh, but Tom was a fantastic player. Maro Toje from Harrow. Now we all know what Maro's done since. England international, British and Irish Lion twice. Um, Saracen's legend already in his mid-twenties. Uh, he's, you know, one of the top five players in the world, three players in the, you know, on his day, best player in the world. Yeah, you can you can put him in pretty much any bracket you want. Um, as a schoolboy, very, 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 very good. Probably, you probably wouldn't have guessed quite how good he'd become. You knew he'd be good. Um, maybe didn't play for Harrow as often as he might have done. Difficult one. Dan and I found found him a tricky one to place. Um, someone we haven't found tricky to place is Chris Shinza from Whitchurch High School, now at Exeter Chiefs. His performances in the 2019 St. Joseph's Festival were just unbelievable. He pretty much, and I mean this as no disrespect to the other 14 players on the field with him at any given moment in time, but he pretty much dragged Whitchurch High School single-handedly to a, to a semi-final at the St. Joseph's Festival. Just a wonderful, wonderful schoolboy player. I really hope that that translates into being a wonderful, wonderful adult player because he he deserves it for his schoolboy exploits. He was absolutely fantastic. Uh, his that that twenty nineteen St Joseph's Festival was just ridiculous. But who are we going to pick? I've forgotten someone. Lasher Jenny as well. Um, down at Whitgift, he was a he was a cracking player at Whitgift. Stormed through Bucks Rugby and has now ended up playing for Georgia. Um, absolutely brilliant player um, so we've kind of what have we narrowed it down to short list of seven and really in truth I'm oh, sorry short list of eight that was wasn't it in truth it's a short list of seven because Dan and I have agreed Maratoje doesn't make this team Christians are absolutely makes this team. So the question is, who joins Christianza in the second row? And let me tell you, it is so tricky to work out. There's a very strong argument for the likes of Chunya Munger. Um, Chunya's only downfall in this is probably, and it's, it's really difficult because why should the school you go to make any difference? But the trouble is, is that he was at Leighton Park. There's nothing wrong with being at Leighton Park, of course, but we just didn't get to see the best of his exploits on a school playing field. That's the trouble there. Um, his his best moments came at club and at academy level uh, and at junior international level. Um, we, we didn't get to see the best of him as an actual school player because he, he just wasn't playing on a circuit of, of that higher level, which is a, makes it really difficult to, to leave him out, but we just didn't get to see it. So we're trying, what are we trying to do? One from Tizard, Moon, Kapoku and Janie. I think we're gonna go with Joel Kapoku. 
And the reason I want to go with Joel Kapoku is he was impossible to play against. A one-man wrecking ball for Oakland's college. He was so dominant. He was sort of... This presence that everything around him seemed to happen. And he'd just create carnage. He was absolutely fantastic. So our second rows for our school's 15 of the decade... Christianza and Joel Kapoku. Now Dan's going to come back at me because he actually selected fifty percent of that for, of that second row. Uh, Christianza, we both agreed on one hundred percent. Dan had someone else in there, but we've well, he's not here, so we're going with we're going with Joel Kapoku, who was absolutely fantastic and uh, yeah, really could have been any one of those guys. Hugh Tizard came incredibly close. He was absolutely fantastic uh, at Cranley and uh, Lasha Janey as well. It's difficult to leave him out. It's really difficult. But no, the second row, Christians and Joel Kapoku, which means so far our type five we have complete. Ben Urbano, Alfie Barbary, Finn Baxter, Christians and Joel Kapoku. That's shaping up to be some team. Next week, it's the back row. That is going to be fiercely competitive because there are some unbelievable players that, uh, that are going to be in and out of that one. Um, please get in touch on Instagram at NextGen15 to let us know who you think should be in there. Also to let us know how dramatically wrong we've got our second rows or you know, if you think we're right, to let us know that we're right. We'll probably need the backup. Um, but do get in touch. We, we really want your suggestions on who should make up the the rest of this side um you know go and think ahead to the back line but uh we're definitely going to be on the back row next time up and it's it's getting exciting now uh so nearly done uh this sort of quick version of this podcast um just on to the fixtures to come now i said at the beginning that it's a bit of a busy midweek uh a lot of the independent schools are off this weekend so the fixtures have been bumped to midweek in a number of cases and there's some absolute crackers going on it has to be said uh, today colleague Sergar against Millfield that's pretty exciting tomorrow's a massive day Eton against Tunbridge Bedford against Radley College Cheltenham College against Marlborough College that's always a good game Collegiate against Sherburn on Thursday in the Cup Sherburn who reached last year's semi-final Collegiate who are the most successful side in schools cup history uh, so that one's not to be missed on to Friday, massive game in the north of England. Sebra against Woodhouse Grove, two of the dominant sides in that neck of the woods. Saturday, really interesting one for me. Finborough against Northampton School for Boys. Finborough are a coming force. You may not have heard of them in a lot of quarters. Keep an eye out. We said that rugby in East Anglia is on the rise. Finborough are a big, big part of that. So keep an eye out for that one. Uh, elsewhere on Saturday, Hampton. Can they go three from three? They host RGS High Wickham, who are playing really good stuff at the moment. Big derby in southwest London. St John's Leatherhead against Epsom College. That could be could be a really interesting one, actually. Both sides looking for a performance. Uh, Berkhamstead against Bromsgrove. Another cracking game. Harrow against Whitgift. Can Harrow claim the scalp of two sides from the school's championship? We'll find out Saturday. That is an absolutely massive one. Another massive one, Wellington College. Can they back up that victory against Whitgift when they travel to, travel to Seaford College? A side we're expecting plenty from this year. 
difficult place to go, incredible setting. That should be a really, really top game. Stowe against Bloxham, another cup game. Stowe, by the way, I just need to talk about them. They were absolutely sensational against Andal at the weekend. Um, not what we expected when they lost to Stanford in week one, but bouncing back like that, absolutely incredible. I don't know if any of you have seen the try that they scored. Um, a lovely flowing move from deep inside their own half, ball going this way and that. And just when you think they're going to burn it around the outside, they play the team game, work the ball back inside for the score underneath the post. It's lovely, lovely rugby to see uh, and a real sign of the the kind of style they want to play as well and the sort of spirit that obviously exists where they want to go team first at all times. Um, but Bloxham, of course, are a top side as well. So that one's one to look out for. And another one to look out for, Dulwich against Brighton College. Um, those two are long, long, long rivals and, and old friends. Um uh, and should be a, a cracking occasion. Um, Brighton College obviously looking to bounce back from that defeat to Hampton on Friday night. Dulwich College, this is their second game of the season, looking to bounce back from defeat to Harrow. So both of them, you know, with a with a little bit of something to prove. So that should be that should be a really cool one. Um, but one thing we really want to get into: live streams. Three live streams this week. One of them, hopefully, you catch this in time to uh, to learn about. Haleybury against Blundells, or Blundells rather, um, at 7.30pm tonight, Wednesday, at Saracen Stonex Stadium. Uh, Haleybury play there every single year against a different side. Last year we went down to live stream it, a 13-all draw between them and Seaford College. Absolutely sensational game. Uh, this year it's Blundells coming to play. I've seen the team sheets for both. We'll be releasing them pretty soon. Wow. Exeter Chiefs players galore for Blundells, Saracens players galore for Halebury. We know what that rivalry is like at professional level. Will it translate into this school game? Doesn't really matter, do you know? It's going to be a fantastic occasion. Those games under the lights always are. And we've got three of them this week because straight after that, we head on to Clifton. Clifton Rugby Club hosting Clifton College against Kirkham Grammar School at 7.30pm Thursday night. Uh, the Ryan Bresenham Memorial game. Please visit a life for a cure. Um, Ryan died uh, rather tragically from meningitis B um, 12 years ago now, I think. Um, and this uh, this game was, was born out of it uh, alongside the A Life for a Cure charity. Um, Ryan's mother has been up to, to Kirk and Grammar School this week to talk to them about the charity. Uh, Clifton College players know it inside out and we're, we're going to be talking about it in more detail on game day. Um so it's going to be a fairly emotional occasion. It's the end of a big festival of rugby throughout the day, I think, from prep school through under 14s, 15s, 16s, right the way up to, to the big uh, the big 7.30 kickoff on the field. It's going to be incredible as well. Um, I have absolutely no doubt that these are two of the top five sides in the country. There's a very strong argument to be made that they could well be the top two sides in the country. Um, they're certainly going to be in the mix for that kind of a kind of a move. Clifton College has started the season off incredibly, um, beating Millfield on our live stream a couple of weeks back up at Sebba School and then putting 50 points back past a, an old Swinford Hostel side that look incredible at the moment. Uh, so Clifton College have already laid down a huge marker this season. Kirkham Grammar School have actually had two cancellations um, in the wake of the death of the Queen. So haven't actually laced a boot in anger yet this season, but in pre-season... 
they look more than capable of being a side that will retain their uh, Seba 10s title that they, they won at the back end of last season. They beat Myersco College and ACE College um, back in uh, back in late August um, to culminate their, their pre-season and uh, they're, they're going to be a hugely, hugely difficult side for Clifton College to beat. It's going to be an absolutely sensational game of rugby. Cannot wait to bring it to you live 7.30 on Thursday evening. And then it's into Friday Night Lights. And for the second week running, it's Ipswich School that are on our Friday Night Lights. This time taking on Denston College, Leicester Forest RFC, 7.30pm. And again, it's going to be a cracker. They've got a common opponent in Northampton School for Boys and they've both had incredibly close games against them. As I said, Denston just winning 12-11 in week one. Then in week two on last week's live stream, Ipswich just losing 24-19. So we think this is going to be so, so tight between these two. They've got real big big game experience already. Um, they've both shown in different games that they can score a lot of points as well. They've both been up almost at 70 points in, in certain games this season. So they can certainly run in the tries and they can certainly play against dogged opposition. So... Uh, that one is not to be missed. Friday, 7.30pm. So that's three live streams, all at 7.30pm. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Stay tuned with us through the week. It's going to be brilliant fun. Um, I'm just going to go through a couple of Instagram requests as well before I go. Uh, a reminder, of course, that Dan will be back with us next week and we'll actually have some back and forth between us rather than me just wittering on at you. But we wanted to get all these bits out to you. Uh, the Ace League, um, we haven't really spoken about it much on the podcast so far. That's because last week when we were, while we were recording was when the first round was taking place. Um, but there were some brilliant performances. City of Oxford College, the Wasps uh, ace, time, ace side, um, looking really, really good. I think they got 50-odd points, something like that. Similarly, Beach and Cliff, who are affiliated with Bath, uh, they were looking pretty good. So some strong performances early on. Bishop Wand as well, actually, looked looked really strong um this week again they're playing as i as i record but uh Hartbury college entered the fray for the first time in the southern conference uh reigning champions and have won all but two ace leagues i think um so obviously they are generally speaking the standard for everyone else to meet and uh, by the looks of things judging by the sort of carryover from last year they're going to be the side to beat again this year and up in the Northern Conference, it's a it's a first run of the season for Myersco College. So uh, we'll keep an eye on the Ace League as it as it progresses. Obviously, as the weeks go by, the storylines start to develop. Um, Bloxham, a little shout out, a last play winner last weekend. Nothing quite like that, is there? Uh, Berkhamsted and Durham, they deserve a shout out as well. They've been doing some great stuff. Uh, Berkhamsted building on that uh, that tight win over RGSI Wickham with a great win over Warwick. At the weekend, Gravesend Grammar School, that Kent Derby against Maidstone Grammar, Gravesend Grammar came absolutely flying out. Sensational performance. Um, elsewhere, Lord Wandsworth College, playing really good stuff at the moment on the quiet. Uh, Monmouth as well, turning around that tight defeat to Oldsonford Hostel to get a good victory against Cheltenham College. Uh, Rise of Queen's College Taunton, they're a side to keep an eye on. It's that little pocket of schools in Taunton, isn't there? King's College, Queen's College and Taunton School. All three of them jostling for position. Could this be the year that Queen's College 
are the ones to talk about. We'll keep an eye out for them. Who else? Sedba. Didn't really mention them, but Sedba, having beaten um, Whitgift in that school's championship opener, followed it up by going to RGS Newcastle, a pretty decent side, and coming away with a glorious victory. I think it was 40 points to 8. I could be wrong on that, but it was it was roughly in that neck of the woods. Separate playing some lovely rugby. Uh, Solly Hull as well, two big victories on, in a row. Kind of on the quiet, um, but keep an eye out for Solly Hull. Similarly, Teddy's Oxford, a good start after a lean few years. Uh, so they're going to be worth keeping, keeping a close eye on. Uh, and then Stowe, who I've mentioned already, but... Um, sort of not quite the start they were hoping for in week one, but they have more than righted that ship in week two. And uh, and I can't wait to see how they go for the rest of the season. Hopefully we'll get a chance to get them on a live stream at some point. Um, but just to run you through then, the two big talking points that we wanted to get get out there for you was our top five school teams for the weekend and our uh, schools 15 of the decade-ish. Um, the second rows for that. So our top five school teams for the weekend, just to remind you, Haleybury, Northampton School for Boys, The Judd, Trinity and Wellington College. And our second rows, packing down behind Benno Urbano, Alfie Barbary and Finn Baxter, are Chris Shinza and Joel Kapoku. Thank you very much for listening. It's a bit of a quick one, that one, or hopefully anyway, I've not been keeping an eye on time, but thank you very much for listening. Uh, Dan will be back with us next week where we're going to get stuck into a few topics hopefully get into injuries as well um, so want to spread out to, to parents and stuff I think just to to ease a few fears because we've um, we've had a lot of injury delays this year but um, a lot of that is to do with the fact that schools are taking their protocols incredibly seriously and just giving people the time to make sure that they're okay uh, so we want to really dig into that and the wider context around it next week Um but that's it for now. Uh, do find us on Acast, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, and if you if you want to look at us, then by all means, tune in on YouTube. Um, get in touch, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, etc. at NextGen15. That's at NextGenXV. Um, send in your topics for discussion. I know I've not really gotten into any topics this week, um, but that's just because it's me on my own this week. We will get into those topics when we're when we're both in the hot seat and can really get stuck into them. So please send in your topics, equally your shout outs as well. Uh, we'd love to hear them. And uh, if you want to get in touch with me, it's at Angus Savage XV at Angus Savage XV. Um, thank you very much for watching and listening, and I will catch you next week. And do tune in to those three live streams: Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, seven thirty PM kickoffs all.